Benjamin Yee. Uh, Benjamin, you're here with Benjamin and Jarrett. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you. Uh, ben, do you want to uh, tell us and tell listeners just a little bit about uh, your background, who you are, what you've done uh, before you get to this race? Sure. Uh, so my name's Ben Yee. I was born and raised here in New York, you know, public school student, went to Bronx Science. I got involved in politics about 10 years ago. I was on the Obama campaign in 2008 as the New York State Digital Director. And after that, uh, instead of going down to Washington to work in the administration, my friend convinced me to get involved in local politics. And at first, <laughs> obviously, I didn't want to do that. Uh, but he was explaining how corrupt New York State is, and he was explaining uh, about this thing called the county committee, which is the governing committee of the local Democratic Party. And he said, look, there are all of these open seats. We can run a new constituency of people, a new community of people, and develop a new voice for them. So these would be the new young Obama folks uh, who really had not been engaged with politics before. And so we did that, and we got almost 100 of them elected in that first round. I ran that project. And I saw almost immediately afterwards how the Democratic Party responded, which was to stand up, take attention, uh, pay attention, and they sent a representative of the party to our next meeting. Nobody had known who we were before, but now they were very clearly paying attention. So the last uh, 10 years of my life have really been about doing work to open up politics and government, both professionally. I have a tech background, uh, so doing that with nonprofits and with the government to improve transparency and improve government service delivery. And then in my spare time, uh, opening up this information to folks, to regular people in New York City. Uh, for the last two years in particular, I've been teaching a civics workshop I created all around New York City and trained over 4,000 people. Um, and hundreds and hundreds of them have gone on to run for county committee to win those races, uh, to join community boards, to join Knights Attendant Associations. And ultimately, that's why I'm running, because I've seen the power of putting this information, this knowledge and resources uh, to be involved in the hands of New Yorkers. We just add a little bit more about, you know, what is your your work done? Have you have you paid the bills? How have I paid the bills? Uh, well, for the last two years, I've been teaching coding um, around New York City. Uh, before that, uh, I worked for a nonprofit called Reinvent Albany that was focused on using technology to improve government transparency. Before that, I worked for the state senate. Uh, actually, between Reinvent Albany and teaching coding, I uh, had a startup that did uh, that was geared towards empowering small dollar donors uh, using grassroots fundraising. So you, as we mentioned earlier, you will not, you have not been invited to that first debate next week featuring uh, 10 of the people you are running against. But let's pretend as if you were. And the question in the debate to you is you get elected. It's your first week. What's the first thing you do as public advocate? What's your first goal in office? And let's pretend these are debate conditions and I'll give you 30 seconds to answer. What's, what's job number one for Benjamin Yee as public advocate? So I'm running on a platform of three concrete programs that fit within the limited budget and power of the public advocate's office, Civics for All, Power for Communities, and Justice for New Yorkers. The details are on my website, benjaminyee.com slash platform. But job number one is to start executing and implementing those programs, primarily Civics for All, which is very low-hanging fruit. It takes the civics knowledge and workshop that I've been work that I've been delivering for the last two years and gets it out 
to all of New York City through uh, workshops, online guides, and a political 301 hotline to make government and politics truly accessible to the residents of New York City. That was pretty good. That was like 40 seconds. You're, you're definitely debate ready. You're absolutely, you belong out there. One of the things in I mean, your- ultimately the debate is predicated on how much money you raise and spend. So right. if we want our democracy to be about money, we're doing a great job. If we want it to be about ideas, we've got some work to do. Well, I was looking at your platform earlier today and I noticed one of the, the points, as you mentioned, is to empower communities. And I'm curious, sometimes defining what is a community, sometimes defining which- kind of strain of opinion in a community you want to elevate can be complicated in New York. Communities don't always agree. You have communities right now that are marching against homeless shelters, uh, while there are some people in those communities who would welcome them. How will you handle that? How will you decide what community voices to listen to and and to raise up? This is a fantastic question, actually. Or not actually, but, you know, obviously. (laughs) They all are. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So ultimately, I think one of the main reasons for having a program like Power for Communities, which is the one to which you're referring, I believe, is to give us more time to incorporate more stakeholders and really delineate and figure out what it is that communities want. So there are maybe a couple of things to unpack here. The first is most communities, a lot of communities at least, feel that they're not heard. And taking the time and energy to listen to them and make sure that those voices are incorporated into the discussion and actually receive responses is an important thing to do in and of itself. But secondly, this process by which the city foists plans, and I use plans loosely, on our communities is very one-directional and done very hastily. So communities often as defined by community board districts or what have you, have a very short timeline to respond to city proposals. Now, the lines on a map are arbitrary. The whole point of a program like Power for Communities is to take a longer stretch of time to incorporate additional voices that might go across the arbitrary lines that we draw for assembly districts or council districts or community board districts to get a better sense of what it is that New Yorkers want and to build the coalitions that will develop political leverage over City Hall, over a mayor or over ambitious politicians who would use those false lines to divide communities and put special interests over New Yorkers. So, Ben, say a little bit more about sort of how you'd run the public advocate's office. It's obviously uh, there are certain prescribed powers of the public advocate, but also a lot of leeway in terms of how you utilize what is a relatively small budget, but still a few million dollars and you know a couple dozen staff people, depending on how you divvy up that money. How would you sort of organize the office and run the office? And I guess in conjunction with that, would we see you as public advocate as someone who is holding a lot of press conferences to criticize the mayoral administration or things like that, or be more, let's say, focused on policy issues and lawsuits and things of that nature? I would be laser focused on running the programs that I am proposing because that's what I think will generate value for New Yorkers. It's how we get the people of this city a voice in our government, which doesn't seem to be listening to them. Now, holding press conferences and rallies and attending community events, that is important. Those are important things to do. And you'll definitely see me out and about in the community. It's what I've been doing for 10 years. It's what I love doing. But I am also very well known 
especially in politics, for doing an awful lot with a very small amount of resources. So the Public Advocate's office uh, has about $3.4 million to spend. In order to implement the three programs I'm proposing, this is how I would do it. The first, Civics for All, requires trainings. It requires people who are educated uh, and knowledgeable about how the city works, how the government works, how politics works. And that will be a core team that I personally work with to train them up and make sure that they're knowledgeable and then to go out and deliver that content to communities in the form of workshops uh, and in the form of, um, of speaking tours basically throughout the boroughs. That'll be about 15 to 20 people and they will also be responsible for fielding questions that come into the Political 311 hotline. Now the Political 311 hotline will be a CRM essentially which allows the staff of the Public Advocate's Office to, in, to take in questions from constituents and then to reply to them uh, and then take the answers and turn them into a public fact, which is a frequently asked questions. But I don't want to stop with a fact because facts have existed for a long time. We're going to have two or three uh, designers and uh, developers on staff to do a bunch of low-hanging fruit stuff. The first thing is to take a bunch of information that already exists, some of it which, of which is online, but is almost impossibly uh, dense. and go over it and make it accessible. So a lot of this is about improving the accessibility to our government and to our politics, and it's not that hard to do. Those folks will also be responsible then uh, for taking that fact that I was talking about and making that information accessible to folks who will want to engage with it online. And we'll, the ideal here is to use AI, I have a tech background to use AI and chatbots and uh, things like this so that it becomes easy for folks to access it. So I had a friend who was the, or who still is, the secretary of the Democratic Party down in Alexandria, Virginia. He worked with me when I was in the Young Democrats building technology solutions for that organization. He came to me one day and he said, Ben, I want to show you what I've done. Ask Alexa who the chair of the Democratic Party is in Virginia. And I asked him and it, it told me. He said, ask Alexa when the next event of the party is in Virginia. And it told me. Imagine if we had a system where if you called up the public advocate's office or you just asked Siri, Siri, when, uh, you know, why is there a 70-story uh, mega tower going up in my district? And Siri asks you, where do you live? You tell it, and it says this is a land use process. There's a process called ULERP. Would you like to hear more about that? The decision makers are your community board and city council members. Your next community board meeting is on XYZ date at XYZ location. Would you like me to add that to your calendar? These are the sorts of forward-thinking things that the government should be doing to break down barriers between decision-making and residents of our communities. So we've got our staff that's responsible for training and knowing how the city works. We've got our staff that's responsible for making that accessible online and building the tools that we're going to need in a city that should and can be a real democracy. And then, of course, we're going to have uh, a couple of attorneys. And the attorneys will be there to do investigation into some of the priorities that I've outlined on my website and in my platform uh, for potential suit. And they will be there to execute on that if there is, um, if there is suit brought. 
So it's 532 and you're listening to WBAI 99.5, listener-sponsored non-commercial radio coming to you from Brooklyn. This is Max and Murphy. We're talking to Benjamin Yee, candidate for public advocate. And Benjamin, we only have a couple minutes left, but I'm curious, there was this big Amazon hearing today as public advocate. You can sit in on those hearings. You could be part of them. You could ask questions. If you were at that hearing today, what's a question you would ask? What's something you want to know or prod on regarding the Amazon deal? Yes. The number one question I have about the Amazon deal is what the community really needs to have out of it. So the questions to ask to the government, the process by which Amazon is being shoved down the throats of New Yorkers is not one which is going to be uh, open and inclusive of the voices of New Yorkers. So for me, the hearings and the questions to be asked, these can be used uh, in some ways to get more information about how the government plans to implement. But the real question that we need to answer right now is what does the community on the ground need? What is it that they're most afraid of? And then to not just ask questions, but to take action and use programs like I was talking about regarding uh, Power for Communities and Civics for All to engage those stakeholders on the ground in the decision-making process in a way that matters. And this will allow us to build leverage for those communities, even though we have a mayor and a governor that seem more interested in appeasing wealthy donors than listening to the communities. So in our last minute here, uh, Ben, uh, I just want to ask you, you've, you've highlighted on your website, you've done work as the secretary of the uh, Manhattan Democrats. Um, can you give an assessment in, in just a minute sort of about where you see uh, the Manhattan County Party you know, in terms of its outreach to, you know, local Democrats, its transparency, you know, have you sort of tried to work from the inside to to make the county uh, more accessible and transparent? Absolutely. Um, and I think that's one of the one of my not want to say biggest achievements, but it is an important achievement uh, of the last 10 years and really a proof, I would say, of the model that I'm espousing for the public advocate's office. I got involved about 10 years ago. And when I did, you couldn't Google what the county committee was. There was no information online about what a district leader was. Uh, working with Manhattan Young Democrats, which I had uh, become vice president of in 2009, we put that information online. In fact, if you Google what is a district leader, the first hit that comes up is still an article that Manhattan Young Democrats had one of our district leaders, Paul Newell, write, which then the county party took for their website. The website that the county party maintains was actually one that I and my friend built for it uh, when we were both on the county committee in, I think, 2013. And then, having become secretary, I've pushed the envelope even further. So Manhattan was the very first county to have a website. Now they all have them. Manhattan was the very first county to go on Facebook, now they're all on Facebook. Manhattan was the very first county to be live streaming its meetings so that everybody can see how the party conducts its business. I'm going to have to we'll see if the other parties follow along. There we go. Thank you, Ben. Uh, we're going to have to stop there, but Ben Yee, candidate for public advocate in the upcoming special election. Thanks for joining us here on Max and Murphy, and we'll be right back with our second candidate of the day, Jared Rich. <laughs> 